0: you are born present like children are born really present what moves us away from that presence is our head is just like filled with thinking and beliefs and ideas and concepts and stories and opinions and so the way we go back to presence is by kind of removing those
1: That's Uncush Jane and this is episode 242 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. I'm a coach and this podcast is all about self-development and helping you to live a happier and more fulfilling life. And each week we hear from some of the most inspirational people in the world to help inspire you to make a positive change in your life. And on this week's episode, I am joined by Uncas Jane, who is an awesome coach. I would even go as far as to call him a master coach. Um, he's someone who operates and works from the psychological understanding known as the three principles, or also known as the principles. It's something that I've been aware of for the past four or five years and I've, I've kind of loosely introduced to you guys via this podcast without ever putting that label on through through my focus sessions and some of the stuff that I discuss. But Ankush is a real kind of, um I want to say master at it, but it's probably not the best term to use and you understand why when you listen to this episode. But he's someone who's really deeply uh, looked to understand the principles and what they represent and, and how that creates huge shifts in not only his life, but in, in the people that he works with life. And I'm very fortunate that I'm currently... Currently doing some work with Ankush from a coaching perspective, and I'm really seeing this stuff shot for myself. I'm going on a week-long immersion, which is a kind of retreat uh, uh, towards the end of this month, um, and taking part in Ankush's in, in setup there. And I'm really excited to see what I get from it, but also to share my learnings with you guys. And hopefully, we can get Ankush back on sometime soon to discuss the immersion and what went down and some of the learnings and everything that I've taken from that and use that in a way for you guys to also learn so during this conversation we spoke about what the three principles actually are and how they can create huge shifts in your own life how personalities aren't fixed being more present and overcoming negative thoughts so the aim of this podcast is to inspire so if you like me here in this episode be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love to date but right now let's jump straight in and hear from Ankush
0: Hello and welcome Ankur, shall we? I'm doing good buddy, yeah, sweltering hot today, Yeah, Uh, but yeah, I'm doing good.
2: Yeah, so if there's any drips of sweat dropping from our foreheads, it's not because we're nervous, it's because we're extremely hot. (laughs) So I guess the best place to start really is, um, you're you're a coach, but you coach through a very particular um, understanding called the principles or the three principles or the three Ps, um, whatever people call it these days. Um, so how did you arrive at that point because I haven't you know having read your book and a little bit about your story your journey wasn't always about coaching wasn't always about this understanding what was your life a little bit like before that
0: yeah um, I guess my personal development journey started when I was like properly when I was 19 Um, and I started just looking into kind of personal development stuff to just be a bit more confident um because I, I really wasn't you know gr- growing up i was the the shy kid um i was really insecure I, i'd been bullied a bit nothing too bad but like you know i'd got i'd gone through all of that um and uh as i got older and um started paying more attention to members of the opposite sex i kind of realized oh maybe i need to be a bit more confident maybe i need to be a bit more secure in myself um, and so that's kind of where my personal development journey started, and it was literally, you know, the first big um, shift for me was uh, I can make eye contact with people because that was like super scary for me. Like I used to walk through the world staring at my feet because mm. I was so scared to even just just look at the world. And I'm not talking intense eye contact. I mean, just looking at people. I was so insecure, and so throughout my twenties. I kind of got more and more into personal development and I would listen to audiobooks in my car, you know, everything from Buddhism and Eckhart Tolle to, you know, kind of how to win friends and influence people, you know, either audiobooks or reading books, um, you know, watching videos. I, I, I joked that in my 20s it was my only real hobby um, was was personal development. And um, I, I even went so far as to... Um, have speech lessons elocution lessons for a year. Um, I did Alexander technique which is normally um, you know people who do horse riding or or, or actors for, for your posture um you know went to the gym a bit you know a- anything I could do to improve myself I did um, and it seemed to have a really big difference. you know people mm-hmm. would notice friends of mine like who hadn't seen me for a few years since uni would be wow you're you're really different there's something shifted about you Mm. and yet whilst that's true on one level on another level like deep 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 inside I still felt like the same insecure kid when I started that journey and this manifested um like everywhere in my life but but really it manifested in my relationships and uh I would pretty much constantly like get dumped you know um, and and my friends were like they they didn't understand it one of my friends went I don't get it you you're a catch it was a guy and he, you know um, and he was like I don't get it he goes I he goes I fool around I mess around and I can understand why women wouldn't want to be with me but they do and he's like but you're you're a nice guy you know you got a good job you got all the things that women are looking for you you know you you don't mind getting into a serious relationship what's going on and I, I hated that question and statement because i was like i've been into this personal development thing for 10 years and i still haven't figured this like there's something wrong with me like i don't know what it is and and so i kind of kept on going in that personal development world kept kept on having a couple more insights but about a year after he said that i, I had some kind of epiphany or realization randomly out of the blue um not when i was coaching not when i was reading it just just completely out of the blue where i kind of just did this thought experiment around women and i was like if i if happiness like you hear all these things happiness comes from the inside and you mm-hmm. can make you happy and i just went well hold on a second if that's really true if i never got married could i be happy and I know for a lot of people listening probably think, of course, but for me, it didn't look like that. And when I followed the logic through, I went, oh, God, that that's really true. Yeah, it could be like, it has to be, it has to work that way. And then I went, well, what if I never had a girlfriend?
3: Hmm.
0: What if I never got into a relationship where I've had no kind of female connection ever again? And I was like, God, that has to be true. Like, if my happiness is really coming from inside me, then that has to follow through. Right. And so kind of that really is an alignment with what the three principles are, but I didn't know that. Mm. And it was then six months later when I read a book, which kind of explained um, it in a much more clearer way, what the insider had, like everything is, is, is inside out. Um, and I still didn't know what the three principles were, right? But I was starting to shift and it was almost like I was being pulled down this trajectory. And a year after that epiphany, I had another epiphany. And I'd been trying to work out like what my purpose was, what my passion was, what did I want to do with my life? And I couldn't come up with an answer. I'd been thinking about this for two years. And then one day I said, I'm going I'm to figure this out. I'm going to spend all weekend thinking about this. Hmm. And all I did was get myself in circles and it was after the weekend when I stopped thinking about it and I got home from work and I was cooking. I had another epiphany and it was like, you should be a coach. And it made complete sense because at that stage, I'd been in personal development for over 11 years and it was my only hobby. I loved doing it. And I was like, oh, yeah, why? Why didn't I think of that before? And 10 days later, I'm signed up for a coach training program uh, with a guy called Jamie Smart. And that was his draft book. He didn't release it as that, but that was the book that I'd read six months earlier. And so I'd kind of gotten to more connection with him, signed up for this coach training. But little did I know that the coach training, whilst it was a coach training, was really founded on this thing called the three principles. Right. And I talk about th- there's, there was my life where there was Unkush up until that point. And then there was Unkush. after that point. That's how big an impact it had on my life. Wow. Right?
2: Yeah. And do you know what? There's so much in that that really, and I feel like I say this all the time, but resonates with my journey. Like the whole, you know, recognising that happiness does come within. and, And I almost had the same question as you. Well, what if I never got married? What if I never had a, have a girlfriend? Like, would I be happy? And I actually went through, um and people who listen to the podcast notice anyway like seven years of being single before I met my girlfriend who I'm currently with still with and um that that was as much my choice rather than you know a bit of you know insecurity and you know bad luck around women or whatever you know whatever it normally looks like to us right and it was a lot of like well can can I be happy on my own And there were so many things that I did. And, you know, again, personal development stuff. And there was just a whole host of it. And the thing that really unlocked the door for me was um, the first time I went traveling solo. Because I'd always, like, I enjoy traveling. And I've been traveling a few times. And I'd always felt like, even when I go to places like a party or an event, I always feel like I wanted to, I like to have someone there so that I could fall back on. And, you know, I couldn't. I felt like I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself if I didn't have like something familiar. When I went traveling solo, it was like, well, now you don't have anyone. You've only got yourself. You've only got your own choices, your own decisions, your own happiness. You know, yes, you're going to meet people on the way. And that was the kind of final piece of the puzzle that fell into place for me of like, okay, now I really understand. Because it's one thing, you know, saying it, happiness comes from within and trying to live in that way, but actually living it was like the most powerful thing like realizing actually I don't need to be around anyone in particular to be happy I can I I am happy like and that was the real um big piece and, and and whilst all that I was kind of I'd already you know discovered the principles for a mentor of mine John Dashfield um and yeah, just I was you know things were starting to it was like yeah just the, the door just opened and it was like you know that uh epiphany moment like you said a little bit so what what was it about this particular coaching course with with Jamie that kind of helped you to understand, I guess, the principles. I mean maybe this is a, a good time to explain what they are because people are probably go, what are these what are these principles you keep mentioning?
0: Yeah, so I, I didn't really understand the principles at the beginning. This is the this is the thing. Like people go, well, what are the principles? And they try trying to understand them. So I'll, I'll kind of briefly say The three principles are the three principles of mind, thought, and consciousness. And it's a description of how our reality is created, right? But now I'm going to say, just throw all that out the window. Don't worry about it. It's not important. It took me a long time to kind of get my head around that. And this is what's cool about this work is that even though you don't, like you'll never, I still don't understand it fully, right? Like it's a journey. But it it started having an impact on me, and 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 maybe if I share some of my insights, I think that will be probably more helpful to mm-hmm. your audience. So the first weekend I'm on this training, and and you know there's an external speaker there, and uh, they're coming in, and and it was a three day training. And at the beginning, I was like, "What is this nonsense?" You know, I I didn't get it. And I was very judgmental of the people that were there. They seemed really happy. And I was like, oh, it's fake. It can't, it can't be real. But um, and I remember saying to Jamie, I think, I think this is a course isn't right for me. Like, you know, uh, this isn't what I expected. And he's like, just stay to the end of the weekend, stay to the end of the three days, and if and if you still don't like it, don't worry, we'll give you money back. So I went, all right, fine. And he's like, but give it, give it, you know, a good go. Like, give give it a chance. So I said, okay, fair enough. And so somewhere along like day two, I can't remember what the the speaker said, but what I heard was my anger is a reflection of my thinking. It's not a reflection of the person that I'm angry at being an idiot or the situation being wrong or bad. And that was like a huge epiphany because for me, Anger always looked like, if not wholly, a large part of it was down to external factors. Like, if if that person had said something, then I wouldn't be angry. If this situation didn't occur, then I wouldn't be angry. Of course, it's got something to do with that situation. And this guy was saying the opposite,
3: hmm.
0: right? Or he was pointing to the opposite. And I kind of just thought, no, this this doesn't align with like ten years of personal development, eleven years of personal development. That doesn't align. But he was absolutely, you know, really adamant, and and he was saying that, you know, that the angrier you get, kind of the more the more out of clarity you are, the more um, you're not seeing things clearly, right? In three principles language, they would say you, you've gone outside in, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started testing this in my mind. I went, God, what if that's true? And I went back to. To, to the real world, if you like. And I started just how like my whole life just started changing. Because, you know, I, I was living at home with my parents at the time, and my mom said something, and I got annoyed as I did, and I slammed the door in her face. And then all of a sudden it occurred to me like, hold on a second, this isn't about what she said, which it really looked like it was. This can't be. If if what that guy said is true, it can't be. So I went and apologized. And my relationship with with my parents started to get better mm. at work. I'd get angry. I'd get an email from someone saying they can't do this or they can't do that. And I'd get annoyed and I'd complain to my coworker. I'd go for a work, walk. I'd complain to my boss. I'd waste all this time. Right. And so email comes in, I go for fuck. And I didn't finish <laughs> the sentence. Um, and I realized, hold on. And my colleague went, what's going on? And i went, like, no, no, hold on a second. And I just was like, can this angry feeling, be just my thinking and not the email. Like, hold on, is that what? And it just dissipated and the anger just fell away. And I was just like, well, it is what it is. And I wrote, wrote a response and I went, wow, I just saved an hour.
3: Hmm.
0: And so I started being way more productive at work, right? And then I started saying, it's not just anger. And, and and the speaker wasn't just talking about anger. Anger was just the first thing that I saw. It was the same thing with boredom, right? I used to get a feeling of boredom. I'm like, well, this is telling me I'm in a boring situation or, you know, um, so I need to do something to alleviate that. Or uh, again, at work, oh, this task is boring, so I'm going to avoid it because I don't want to feel even more bored. And so I just started, you know, just smashing through my work. You know, within two months, I was so ahead of, like, where I was, which was just totally unheard of. And my boss just was like, what's, what's got into you? Like, what is going on? And I wasn't a poor performer at work. It wasn't like I was really underperforming. I was a good performer, but this just took me to another level. And so my first glimpses into the three principles was that basically whatever I'm feeling has got nothing, and I know that's hard to believe, and it was hard to believe for me at first, but it's got nothing to do with other people or situations or circumstances. It it can only come from our own thinking. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to take my word for that. What I advise people is like test that out for yourself, and and that's what I do with my clients. And the implications of it—that's what's really powerful, right? Because mm-hmm. the implications are what what really changes people's lives. Mm-hmm. So, I I kind of wanna.
2: Uh, peel this back a bit more because I think, like you said, it is hard to understand, right? If this is if this is the first time that you're kind of hearing, right? My anger isn't caused by that person annoying me; it's a caused by my thing. Like, it can be quite hard to really understand. So, why then does it? Why does it appear that if someone says something, it makes you angry? Someone pushes in front of you to get on the tube or in in line at the shop. It makes you annoyed to, you know, go on holiday makes me happy. Like why, why do things appear this way around to us then?
0: Yeah. I mean, it does look that way. It looked that way to me. And, and this is when I started, and this is what I say, rather than you might have some thoughts listening to this guy, no, he's wrong. or well, I don't believe that. That's fine. You're entitled to that. What I would say is just put them to the side for a second. If, if you're open to it and let's just start exploring it. Cause this is what I did. I was like, Okay, Jamie and some other people are saying this stuff. let me test it. I'll give everything a go, right? And if it's right, wow. And if it's wrong, I'll, fu- I'll, pu- I'll be able to poke some holes in it. And so I started looking at it and there the, were so a couple of different things. so someone pushes in front of me in a queue and I get angry for argument's sake. Okay If it really is the person pushing in front, then we'd all feel ang- we'd all feel anger. But if you got a hundred people, there'd be a complete range of emotions. One person would not even like, okay, whatever, guess they're in a like it's fine. Go here, you know, you obviously need to be in the queue and be totally okay with it and make friends with that person. And the other end of the spectrum, someone would have literally murderous rage, and they would get they would they would kill the person. Li- literally, there would be people at either end of the spectrum. Maybe not hundred, but if you got a large enough sample mm-hmm. set, someone would kill another person for jumping the queue and chance are your listeners are somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. Right. So,
3: so.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so um, if the, if it is the person, why is the range so wide? Why is it from, it doesn't affect someone to it affects someone way worse than you. Right. And, and Bubba will go, well, well, that's just my personality for me. If someone pushes in front of me, then I feel like that. And then I started exploring that going, well, if that's true, then that should be true all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And when you start exploring it, you'll start seeing certain situations where, and maybe it's anger, maybe it's border, maybe it's something else, but you don't get the exact same feeling or the intensity of the feeling the same. So one day, you know, you're on a hot tube, right? And someone's cramming in the tube, and you're just like, oh, I want to punch him in the face. Like, you know what? I've had a crap day. Just chill out, man. Like seriously. And another day, it doesn't bother you that much. You might still be a little bit annoyed, but you might just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, you know, what you do? You live in London. This happens,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? Why is that? Th- there's got to be another variable at play for the for the intensity or the emotions to be different. Right. Same with going on holiday. I mean, I used to have this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. holidays that that'll make me feel better. That'll chill me out. Well, what would happen is I would talk about going on holiday, but then I get stressed getting trying to get everything done before going on holiday. Oh, my God, I've got all this stuff to do. I'd avoid doing the work. I'd cram it all in the last minute. Right. I'd work really late the day before to get it all done. Then I'd go on holiday. And now I'm like, how can I get the most out of the holiday? How can I get the most out of the day? Because I was so in my head. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, man, I've got to go back to work in two days. Oh, this holiday's nearly over. Oh, this. And I never truly, there were very brief moments of me actually enjoying the holiday. It was all coming from my thinking. What and, and we see this, you know, you might go on holiday with someone else who's just way in the head. You know, I know people who are like, they've got to schedule every single second of a holiday. Like, mm-hmm. we need to maximize the fun. We need to wake up at six o'clock and get to this place to see... And and someone asked me, like, whoa, just just chill out. Let's go with the flow, right? And so we see people who are, are, might be more in their heads, and, and we see people who are kind of more chilled out. And they have – and maybe you're all on the same holiday together. You'll have different experiences. So we start to see, without scratching too far, without going too deep, you start to see, well, hold on, okay, the role of my thinking – yeah. Okay. Most people can get there. Like there, there's, there's something here.
3: Mm.
0: Right. And, and I never tell anyone, believe me, like blind faith or anything. I, I'm, I'm always about people exploring this for themselves. And, you know, that's what happened for me when I started exploring this, the, the changes in my life were just phenomenal. I mean, really unbelievable especially for someone who'd been around personal development for 11 years and not only had I been around it I'd I'd benefited you know a lot I was very very different and I wasn't looking for any more personal development but the changes were huge and even at that point I was like I don't really buy the 100% thing I don't really buy that it's all my thinking and and if you're there that's cool you don't need to to buy into what I'm saying just keep exploring it what I found is as I kept exploring, it took me about a year or two, but eventually I just couldn't find any exceptions.
3: Hmm. And yeah. that's
0: when it got really fun. But, you know, I hope that's, that gives people a little bit of a glimpse as to what we're, what we're talking about and how it can be helpful for them.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think it's, I guess, what we're saying here is that the, the event or the situation itself is neutral, but it's the way that we, I guess, interpret that through our own thinking that creates our feeling, which then makes it feel like anger or happiness or stress or you know whatever it may be. And I think one of the one of the examples that that I've used quite a lot, and one of the is one actually one of the things that helped me realise this a lot was going to football. Like I'm a big Arsenal fan, so I'd go to matches and I'd you know be sat there with my dad or my friends, and you know the score would be what say Arsenal drew it was 1-1, whatever, walk out the stadium and like my dad and my friend would be like, oh, that was rubbish. I can't believe we played so bad. Like, oh, I'm so pissed off and this, that and the other. And I'd be walking away going, no, do you know what? It was all right. Like, you know, we had a few chances. If it went this way or that way, it could have been different. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily angry. I was just like, I could see, okay, well, it is what it is. I'm, you know, I'm not, it hasn't made me angry. It hasn't made me upset. And, I'd look at that and I'd sort of go, well, why is that, why is that the case? Why, why do I feel calm and this other person feels angry or upset or annoyed? Like, because we've just watched the same game. Like, the, the experience that we've had in the external world, the event, the situation, the outcome of the game was exactly the same for both of us. We, we haven't watched two different matches, pretty sure of that. <laughs> but both of our experience walking away from the game was like entirely different. And that's, that, that was the, 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 I guess, the situation where I started to pick holes in it a lot, because that became really obvious to me. Because, you know, sometimes, like you said, if you're standing in line and someone pushes in front of you, it's like, that's, it's like a solo experience. But when you experience something, it could be a night out, it could be a holiday. You know, I'm using football as the example. With other people and everyone's experience and feelings differ, then you're like, well, what, why is that? You know, that's, we've experienced the same thing. You know, and but then I guess on the flip side, pe- people would say, "Well, that's just who I am, right?" And that's something that I used to, used to believe in my like early twenties when I was you know quite depressed. I just used to think, "Well, this is who I am. I'm, I'm negative. Like everything's just a bit blah. Like I'm not really bothered about much. I'm just and I just thought that's just who I am. I just have to just deal with it. Like that's it was it was almost like a, I was programmed that way. Right? It was the kind of belief. So how 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 would you go about? I guess people who are in that situation and they believe like that's just the way I am, like I'm negative or I'm this or I'm I'm a stress head or I'm a, you know, I'm always anxious or whatever it is. Like, how would you point someone towards this understanding for themselves?
0: Well, I would just say explore it. What what have you got to lose? Right. I mean, I really start from that place of. Um, if you want things to be different, then have a look at this. And, you know, the thing that really intrigued me, because I, I, I'd looked at lots of different techniques and, 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 and ways to help people, and, and I was open to everything. But what really intrigued me was the results, right? So this work's been around since the kind of mid-70s. And, it you know, they talk about being the best-kept secret in psychology, um, cause there were very few, originally there were very few people doing this work, you know, very few professionals doing this work, but the ones that were, I mean, the results they were getting were just phenomenal. Right. So in the U S one of the psychologists who, who works from this understanding, Dr. George Pransky and his wife, um, they did a lot of work with people on relationships and, Typically, relationship counselling, I think even today, it typically has about a 20% success rate,
3: Mm. right?
0: If you go to relationship counselling, marriage counselling, there's about a 20% chance you're going to stay together. Um, And people say, well, the reason for that is, you know, you you can't do the work for people and people that come to us, they're already troubled. And, you know, 20% is better than better than nothing. And the sooner you come in, the better. Well, that's fine. George and Linda, they had an 80% success rate. I mean, like four times as much. But not only that, most of the time, the 20% where the couples didn't stay together, they, they separated very, you know, uh, on friendly terms. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't kind of acrimonious. So that was unusual. That that was kind of not normal, right? There was another psychologist who's passed away now, and I think it was in the nineties or was eighties or nineties. He went into the worst housing project in America, which had the the highest homicide rate in the U.S. I mean, literally the highest homicide rate. And over the course of a couple of years, doing this work and li- and literally just pointing people to how their minds work. That that's all he did. I mean, that that's pretty much it. He took the homicide rate down to zero. Wow! Right, and and there was a whole book written on it. I think there's a movie being made about that, and uh, the book is called called Modelo. Um, and and he won kind of the Martin Luther King Peace Prize. He was on Good Morning America, but again, there weren't very many people doing this. But like again, that's that's unusual. This this was a, a place where where the police wouldn't go. You know the the housing project. was kind of like there were four entrances in, and there were different drug gangs at each entrance, um, and and so you know he he changed really he changed their lives. Um, the, the, there's another couple of I guess coaches, you know who who worked with with corporations on a really high level, um, and you know that they got given the uh, edict from from the board or whatever, like we need you to make an extra hundred million dollars profit next year. Hmm. And so they all got together and they came up with their best ideas and they went, right, it's like 20 million that we can come up with and we're not even sure we can guarantee the 20. <laughs> and so they brought these guys in and again just pointing to how the mind works and 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 getting them to you know drop a lot of their their misunderstandings, they they got they identified projects that were like way over a hundred, like 170 or something. I don't remember the exact number. And they hit, they hit over a hundred million in the next year, right? Of profit, which was, you know, they they just couldn't believe that was possible. So mm. and I could go on. There's so many examples, personal examples. This work's gone into prisons. I forgot to mention that, where prisoners, their mental health and well being got so well, they would they would tell the facilitators can you teach the guards this? We're worried (laughs) about them. They're really struggling. Like, again, that's very unusual, Mm -hmm. right? And um, so, so I was, like, intrigued. Like, something's going on. Like, the results are just, they're almost too good to be true. And the people who I met who were my mentors originally, you know, these people were in their 70s. And with their own relationships, they were just so, like, you know, you don't see relationships like that. They were so loving. They were like newlyweds and they were in their 70s and been married for 40 years. Um, the way they would interact with people, right, was very present and, and you, could fe- you could feel their presence. Like this person knows something about life, <laughs> right? Like something's something's going on here. And I would feel immediate connection with them. And again, I've met some really great coaches and trainers, and really, really clever people. And and the people I met in the kind of three principles space were just there. There was just something very, very different. And so what I would say is, you know, in the seventies it was a bit of a gamble, but but now, kind of like you know, nearly nearly fifty years on, forty five years on. There's so many examples and, and I'm an example of this too. And, and I see this in my clients all the time. I get to see time and time again, our personalities aren't fixed, mm-hmm. right? No, no matter what people tell you, I've seen real miracles occur, you know, in, in all sorts of, of areas. Uh, like like I had a client, I mean, this is a, a bit of an unusual one. He was... Struggling with his wife because he said, "Oh, I've got a like a this is an odd one, but he's like, I have a low sex drive. My wife has a high sex drive. I think we're going to split up." And I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm not a sex coach. I <laughs> I don't know, I don't do that work." But again, just pointing them to how the mind works and helping him realize that he was really in his head when he did have sex with his wife, and he totally wasn't present, and he was holding on to all this thinking because it looked true, and that's who he was, and all the rest of it he started to let that go and it changed them. And I, and I mean, literally years later, it's five years later, I'll speak to him. I spoke to him recently. We're not, we're not coaching anymore, but I spoke to him recently. I'm like, has that been a permanent shift? He went, yeah, it's, it's permanently changed us. Wow. Right. So and the, the, and I could just, I could spend the rest, rest of this podcast, just giving you examples, <laughs> but I hope that just gives enough for people to, really think okay maybe there's something here and i i would just say go go and explore that for yourself
2: mm, yeah i think 100 percent. i think when like we touched on earlier right? i think it's something that's very hard to understand because i guess we we apply too much thought to it we're trying we're trying to like you know uh really shine a microscope on it and try and understand but it's like actually just watch how it plays out in your own life and and experience it and and see for yourself how true or not it is because i think that's where i definitely started to see it playing out you know you can read the books you can watch the videos you can hear this conversation and you can be like okay cool like these guys are saying that our thoughts create our feelings and you know that determines outcomes and etc etc but it's like take it on board i guess and and you know they said test it right um so so what is it about it that you would say creates such great outcomes for people? Why is it so different to, you know, CBT therapy or, you know, other kind of personal growth, um, you know, five steps to happiness or, you know, all that sort of stuff. What what makes this so different in your experience in terms of the transformation and the shifts that it creates for your clients and, and you know other people that you've seen in in this world
0: well well the principles goes beyond the cognitive right and and that's not just me saying it like a, a bunch of my mentors are, are clinical psychologists you know they're, they're far smarter than i am and they were trained in a lot of these other approaches um and they drop them because because the principles is more effective because it works at a different level right so this isn't at the level of changing your thinking i'm not trying to help you install new beliefs or different beliefs. This is kind of going much deeper into your kind of internal wiring, if you like, and saying, "Hey, the fundamental basis of how you're viewing reality—that's not how it works, right?" And and there are implications of that. And and so, if if I may give a tiny plug, mm-hmm. um, I, I wrote a book, uh, or which I published a couple of years ago. And and when I was writing the book, I was like, "What am I going to write about? There are other great books on the three principles that?" does the world need my book? And and I was like, you know, I'm going to just make my book filled with implications, stories mm-hmm. of how this is, like how it plays out. And one of the chapters is around forgiveness. And so we've heard about forgiveness, maybe from a psychological point of view, maybe from a spiritual point of view. But one of the things my mentor helped me see from a three principles perspective is forgiveness is unnecessary, right? Mm. Which is quite a, a bold statement. But if you see, because he helped me see this, he was like, Ankush, if if you're feeling your thinking moment to moment, then you'll see there isn't anything to forgive. You only need to forgive someone if they've done something to hurt you, right? But if if that, now I'm not talking about kind of, um, you know, there might not be things that people have done that, are, are are objectively wrong you know sure but this is this kind of goes deeper than that because it, it to me it's like true forgiveness because a, l- a lot of people I'll just talk about myself i used to forgive people from a place of you're wrong i'm right but i'm coming from this higher place and i forgive you for doing wrong to me hmm. and that's not really forgiveness it's it, it there's you're, you're still holding on to something. And so this is where this is different, where it's like, no, go a little bit deeper and realize what was going on there. So this person stole money from me, right? Oh, I need to forgive them. Versus, well, they stole money from you. That's a that's a situation. You might not want it to occur again because there's practical implications of that. But on the level of your feelings, how you feel about it, it's got nothing to do with them taking the money from you. And you can then take practical steps to, protect yourself. I'm not saying don't do that, of course, but it's on the level of feelings. There's nothing to forgive. Right. Nothing, nothing at all. And and that is, that is different. That is not the same as other approaches. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, this isn't about making us victims or let people walk all over us. In fact, it's the opposite. To me, this is the most empowering thing because if we just take forgiveness as an example, I I had a lot of judgment against people and I could tell you the stories and I would say most people on this podcast would agree that these people had done wrong. Right. But that judgment was really, you know, it was corrosive to my soul. It it was really not great for my own well-being or mental health. And when I, you know, did a bit of work on that and, and looked at it from a three principles perspective, like, What if, what if, what if that is all neutral?
2: Like, Mm.
0: and it it took a bit of time. Like my ego wanted to go, no, what they did was wrong. That isn't right. And, and I kind of stayed with it and looked at it. And I was like, no, it can't, it, it isn't an exception. It's not an exception. And when I did, it was like the biggest weight got lifted off, off of me. Right. Now I don't want to go and hang out with those people. I don't want to go and be friends with them. I don't necessarily want them in my life not because I'm judging them, it just doesn't make practical sense, hmm. right? But the weight got lifted off of me. And, you know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, you're saying, oh, you're feeling, you're thinking, what about domestic violence situations? Like people will go to extremes. And I'll say, well, fr- from what I see, absolutely, if someone's in physical danger or trouble, like, yeah, remove yourself from that. And I think the reason why often people don't is because of their thinking. Mm. Right. And, 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 you know, I wasn't in a, in a, in a violent situation, but I had a relationship many years ago that really I should have walked away from, but because of my thinking and thinking my happiness depended on a relationship with women, I stayed in that relationship, which really, you know, was like took, took a hammer to my, to my self-esteem at the time. And so I believe if everyone were to understand what we're pointing to, you would, you would, you would leave before it, you know, the first sign of something like that. Because what this stuff does, what this understanding does, is it raises our self esteem. Mm. Like it's raised my self esteem, and it's really put me in it in a position of of massive internal power because I take ownership for my life, right? Whereas before I was a victim, I was a victim of bullies, I was a victim of, um, you know people that have wronged me or my family. I was a victim of, um, you know, the system. I was a victim of racism. I was a victim of all, you know, all all sorts of stuff. And it, and yeah, great. I was a great victim. Didn't, it didn't help me. And also knowing that it didn't help me, wasn't helpful. But when I looked at it from a principles perspective, where it was like, no, this isn't about changing a belief. It's like, well, what's true, Mm it like I'll, I'll pick something again that's very topical and maybe very um uh i don't know what the word is controversial um, and i'm fine for people to have a different opinion about this this is just my opinion i'm not trying to convince anyth- anyone of anything but racism was a massive like thing for me like I, I i had a massive blind spot around it i was like i just saw red you know um I was very passionate about, you know, eliminating racism. Um, But again, I can say this now with hindsight, I had a chip in my shoulder. And when I saw things from a three principles perspective, it was like, right, no one can make, if I have that thinking about racism being bad, then it's really easy for a racist to make me feel bad. I'm giving them all this power, right? You just say a certain word, And now you're going to upset me. Wow, I'm giving you all this power to upset me. I'm doing that. Whereas if I can see words are just neutral. And again, I'm not expecting anyone else to believe this or, you know, everyone's got to follow what makes sense for them. But this is what occurred for me. It was like, I'm reclaiming my power Mm. because now I'm taking the power away from racists to upset me. And then what happened was I started to really feel compassion for people because I started to go deeper than that and see, well, why are they being that way? Oh, they're insecure. Like you, you, you wouldn't be mean to someone else because of the color of their skin. If you were really happy and secure in yourself as a person. And so it was like a massive game changer. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go and start walking around in the (laughs) middle of some hooligans and get my head kicked in. Right. (laughs) It's, it's not a good idea. I have that practical common sense, but in terms of my own turmoil around it, I, I don't, I don't let that affect me, and I think that makes me more able to address people and and be a, a positive force, mm. right? For 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 kind of progressing, you know, pe- people moving forward because because I don't have that chip on my shoulder because I am not getting offended. I'm not going to give anyone the ability to offend me. They can't, and that makes me really powerful. Yeah, and what I really hear from
2: that is, is that just because you respond in a different way, you know, by seeing what's going on with your own thinking, doesn't mean that the racism, or you know, we're using racism in this case, but the situation isn't there, hasn't had, doesn't mean you're ignoring it. It just means your your response to it. In terms of how you've interpreted it yourself becomes different and like you said you're not going to go and you know see a bunch of hooligans and go and stand in the middle of them because you know it's there but you're going to have a different feeling towards it and like you said that one was compassion or whatever is that that about right because i I feel like that's that's what i think a lot of people might take from this in their own way maybe or, or they might see as like well You're just ignoring racism.
0: Right. And like, I'm also very pragmatic and I like, I like things being effective. I love that word. What's effective. Mm. And again, this is before I came across this understanding when, when you look out in the world of racism, whatever, like to me, one person who moved things forward massively, like I'm a huge fan of his was Nelson Mandela. Right. And there were some atrocious things that happened to people during apartheid in South Africa and to black people. And when he became, you know, the, the kind of head of state, well, I don't know if he was president or whatever of, of, of South Africa, they didn't go around um, or he didn't, certainly didn't encourage people to go and take revenge,
3: mm.
0: right? He's like, we need to heal. And so they would have, and again, I don't know fully the history, so this is just what I've heard, but they were, they, were, they had kind of these areas where, you know, let's say a, a white soldier or something or had gone in and killed some, 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 some black kid. And the mother would be there and they just talked it out. And mm-hmm. they said, why did you kill my kid? And they healed from that. It wasn't like, right, you kill my kid. So I'm going to kill you. Cause that there would have been a ton of bloodshed and nothing would have moved forward. Right. But instead they, they healed the, you know, like that takes an extraordinary amount of compassion to do that. Right. Like that, that to me was like, I I was just in awe of that. And I was like, I don't think I could have done, like when I first heard about that, I was like, I don't think I could have done that, but they moved forward. Mm. Right. And I'm not saying South Africa's perfect, but like from where it was to like, that, that is incredible to me. And I think that that's also more effective. Right. Whereas, um, you know, I think if they'd gone in and started like, you know, just killing white people for the sake of it, I don't think that would have really changed the opinions of of anyone. That wouldn't have healed the country. That wouldn't have moved people forward, right? And again, I'm not advocating certain behaviours or not certain behaviours. I'm just saying when we look at things from this perspective, it it gives us more power and, and makes us more effective in the way we deal with people. Now, dealing with some people might mean, right? Taking a tough stance. I'm not against that per se, but what, what I am saying is that if we only look at thing, if we look at things from an, what's called an outside-in perspective, like we need to deal with racism because racism upsets people, mm-hmm. right? That's not, to me, it's not the most effective way. And I'll just say it, look, we've been trying to deal with it for a long time in things like football and look what happened recently, Yeah. right? So what we're doing right now isn't effective it's not working and again you know this is might be very controversial I wasn't planning on talking about this but this this is what just came out (laughs) yeah it's like again for me on a personal level in, in areas like forgiveness in areas like racism in areas like stress and productivity understanding how the mind works has really improved my mental health it's given me my power back and that's not to say I don't have low moments Mm -hmm. There are moments where I I, I do get stressed, I do get upset, I do feel low. Um, I I, I still have challenges. But with this understanding, it really helps me see eventually uh, Mm -hmm. that that's just coming from my own thinking, and that helps me deal with it more effectively. And if I I hadn't known that, and and maybe this is a very strong thing to say, I I don't know if I would be alive today, Mm -hmm. really. I, I don't know... If I would have just been another s- statistic of male suicide, because there were some really low moments in my life,
3: mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
0: And so, and I've had clients tell me I didn't even know they were depressed. I've had clients come to me for coaching, and they've told me a year or two later, "Uncush, you saved my life." And I'm like, "What? We never talked about you know walking off a ledge or anything." And they went, "Yeah, but I had a lot of that thinking in the back of my head, and if I hadn't seen this, all the techniques and everything else, they weren't helping." And I, and I would have carried on going down that path.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, that totally resonates with my own journey. And I think I just, I just want to touch a little bit on what we were just talking about with the racism. I think the, what's really powerful about that is that you can replace the word racism for bullying, for trauma, for anxiety, for depression. And again, it takes it all the way back to Uh, ourselves and and our understanding and how you know compassion through not placing judgment and stuff plays its part in in terms of healing and I think that's what's really powerful is that this this understanding that we're talking about the principles can be applied to anything across the board Um, and I think that hopefully people can see that through (laughs) through this conversation Um, and I think actually it's a really great point to jump into some of the questions that we've got have come into us from the audience because a lot of those kind of relate to what we've just been talking about not necessarily racism but just stuff in that in that space so there's a question from rachel asking when you wake up with negative thoughts how do you overcome them without them throwing you off for the day
0: so it's, it's a great question rachel and Again, you know, if I was in a conversation with you, I would say, why do you need to overcome them? Right? There's a belief that I had that when I have negative thoughts, I need to do something to overcome them, to change them, to stop them. And what the three principles helped me see was I don't need to do anything. And it was really a blind spot for me that I was doing a lot. And, and I was giving those negative thoughts that I would have energy. I was keeping them going like, like a like a merry-go-round. You know, I was kept pushing it like, well, what about if this happens? What if that happens? And what about this? And what about that? And as children, children have negative thoughts. They get upset. They have a tantrum. They don't do anything with it. They don't have a system or a process. And then they're fine. And w- what a lot of people I find realize when they look into this work is that, un, un- kind of like unconsciously, they're putting a lot of energy in keeping their negative thoughts a- a- alive. So this isn't about doing something different. This is about stopping doing
3: mm-hmm.
0: the the kind of the energetic work that is keeping them going all day. Like you trying to stop. Or overcome your negative thinking is ironically what's keeping it alive
2: mm, yeah i love that it's giving it's giving the thoughts more power over you isn't it's is that what you were saying before about you're reclaiming the power for yourself when you aren't willing to let something dictate how you feel or at least appear that way um and yeah you're giving the power back to yourself rather than giving the power to your thinking and and those thoughts because like you said you get, I always explain it like um we get caught in like a, a mental like washing machine it's like we we end up just going round and round and round and round and and we're not actually although it seems like we're doing something we're not actually letting it just settle and let them we're not letting the machine finish its work we're like continuing the the cycle um so then we've got another question from Maddie, which is actually, I guess, fairly similar. But Maddie is asked, this is, I guess this is a little bit more practical in a way. She's asked, the slightest thing can happen at work on a Friday and then I'm anxious and thinking about it all weekend, worrying that I'm going to get sacked or something on Monday. What can I do?
0: Yeah, you know, it, it, it is a similar thing. If you really want to do it, my suggestion would be start, start looking into some of this work. Right. So even at the back of my my book, I, I kind of had a further reading list. And you know, when I came across this work in 2012, there wasn't really a lot of stuff available. And now there's just so much content, there's so many resources. I mean, when I speak to people, I'm saying, look, if you don't want to hire me, that's fine. Um, here's six books, right, that are really <laughs> great. Go and read them, take a year, go and read these books. And if you read them slowly and mindfully and with an open mind right um you, it can't not change your life right it, it can't not change you um so as i said to, to kind of rachel's question you're you're keeping that thinking alive and you might not know how to stop doing that um and that's okay but if you if you Keep looking at the resources. Keep looking at that. What I find is insights tend to pop up. Like there's something in you that recognizes the truth of this work. And you'll start to drop some of your misunderstandings. You'll start to drop some of your thinking that doesn't look like thinking. Right? Like there might be something in you which is, oh, it's really important I don't get sacked. Mm
3: -hmm. That's
0: also just a thought. Right? And I know like, what? No, it is. It's just a thought. You, you don't need a job it's not in this country you you'll survive you won't necessarily be homeless so um you start to drop things as you as you keep looking in this direction and you keep exploring this and and you'll be surprised at how quickly that can change your life mm. yeah and I, I think as well just
2: even as you were saying that like I'd say to Maddy, like how many times have you gone in on a Monday and got the sack? But I mean, by the sounds of it, not a lot, because if it's a continuing thing that you worry about, to me, it sounds like you still have the job that you're worried about. You're going to get sacked every Monday. So it just, it goes to show that although the thinking can appear quite real to you, it's not necessarily true. And if you allow yourself, like Ankur like said, to step away from that and drop it, then, you know, that, those, okay, you might still have the thought, but the feelings might not necessarily follow. Um, and then there's there's one final question, which I think, again, does tie in quite nicely from Jenny. And she's asked, how can I be more present? The golden question.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question again. And to me, presence, again, isn't about doing something. That, this is where the three principles differs in its approach, right? This work is, it, it's been described as subtractive psychology so most psychology is additive it's like do this technique do this do that whereas this is more subtractive this is about taking away so you are born present like children are born really present what what moves us away from that presence is our head is just like filled with thinking right and beliefs and ideas and concepts and stories and opinions right Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and so the way we go back to presence is by kind of removing those. So how do you remove them? That's the, right. Again, there's no process. It's by, it's by kind of shining a light on stuff like we've done, like I did on racism or forgiveness. And as I, as I've shone a light on those beliefs or areas, I've started seeing how false they are. And once you see it's false, you can't keep thinking it. It's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? Mm. And so um, it falls away. And then something else falls away and falls away. And I, I, I've i kind of done that through through reading. I've done that through listening. I've done that through one-to-one conversations with my mentors um, and, and still do. And and as I keep doing that, I, I end up being more present. Every mm. time a thought or a belief falls away because I've kind of shone the light of truth on it, and it doesn't, it doesn't kind of hold up, it, 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 it dissipates, it falls away. And what I'm left with is a quieter mind. And when I'm left with a quieter mind, I'm more present.
3: Mm,
2: I love that. I love that so much because, you know, th- this podcast is called In The Moment. I've got the sign behind it that says Live In The Moment. And, you know, it's not so much like you said about doing things. You know, people will say, oh, meditate more or, you know, whatever go for walks more or whatever it is spend less time on your phone all that sort of stuff but all it's doing is pointing you back to exactly what you've just said right it's just allowing the thinking to drop away and when that drops away everything else drops away with it. the stories the judgments the concepts um and one thing that I've heard you say before and I just want to touch on before we we sign out is this this idea of leaving room for I don't understand this um, Do you mind explaining a little bit about what, what that means and how that kind of looks?
0: So I'm going to guess that what you're, you're, you're asking is, um, and I'll come back to something I said before or touched on, was when I was learning other stuff in the personal development world, it was like to really benefit from that work, I needed to really, really, really get it. Like I mm-hmm. needed to get it strong. If I didn't understand it, the benefits were very little. The three principles is exactly the opposite. I didn't need to understand what they were. I couldn't even explain them for years. I couldn't really kind of define them for a long time. And yet the impact on me was great. So it, if even if most of what I've said has kind of gone over your head or you don't get it, that's totally okay. Um, If something's calling to you, just kind of pull on that string, pull on that thread and follow that. And, you know, I talk about it, like when I first came across this, I was like, oh, this is really simple. Like I kind of get it like 90%. And then a year later, I was like, "Mm, maybe it's about 50. And then a year after that, it was like, "Mm, maybe it's about 20. And then, and then kind of like a year after that, it was like, no, maybe it's 1%. And now it's like, I don't, I don't know anything. For all practical purposes, I want to keep a completely open mind and, and act as if I I don't know really what this is because that helps me see more. Because this is all about uncovering things that are, are in the shadows, that are in our blind spots, thinking that we don't realise is thinking it just looks like facts to us. So I just want to be wide open to keep seeing more, and that seems to be really helpful.
2: Mm yeah i love that and i think it's like you said it's just I, g- I guess it's finding comfort isn't it in not knowing that and that that leaves space for everything else to be open and i think that's one of the things that's really helped me just in my life not just not just business or you know relationships just in life in general across the board it's like leave space to not know and be comfortable with that and it, then you kind of just allow things to unfold And like you said if there's something that, that, um, sparks your curiosity, like pull on that a little bit and and follow it and and see. Um, so if anyone has any kind of questions, or they want to understand more, or they want to get in touch with you, or they want to find out more about your work, the principles, where where can they get hold of you?
0: The the best place is is my website. It's kind of a portal for everything else. Um, so that's Ankush Jain. A N K U S H J A I N dot uk i couldn't get dot com so it's dot co <laughs> there, um, and then and then you get links to everything like i'm on facebook i'm on a little bit on instagram uh, i've got like four different youtube channels i've got a book out there's there's loads of content out there mm-hmm. of me but that's probably a good good place to start
2: yeah and i'd, I'd highly recommend to, to to deep dive a little bit on the website check out lots of the videos go and get uncush's book sweet sharing um and just build that picture up for yourself like you said drop the, drop the understandings for yourself um, around all of this stuff uh, so Ankush thank you so much for joining me um, it's been a really interesting conversation I hope a lot of people have taken a lot from it or it's at least sparked them to go and follow up on some of this uh, conversation for themselves
0: yeah thanks Alex it's been great having you uh, be- having you on the show I'm normally used to saying that it's been great being on the show
2: <laughs> pleasure <laughs>
1: So I hope you enjoyed this one and I would love to know what you got from this episode. To do so, just hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at IamAlexManzi and let me know what is the biggest learning or takeaway that you're going to be taking from this episode. DM me with what that is and I will love to connect with you further on that. And if you know someone who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode, then be sure to send them the link or a screenshot because it's really important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this one. I started this podcast because I wanted to help inspire a positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing this episode with someone you know today. I want to thank Ryan Nile from Pure Creation Media for editing this episode and to Hobgoblin for providing the sick music. And as ever, I want to thank you for listening and spending the time with me today and I will see you for the next episode.